It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and happy War Rapport Wednesday to everyone. Joined by Mike G and C-Dub with the War Rapport. Whoo, rough Saturday night, boys. Yeah, listen, hats off to Penn State. You got to congratulate them sure. on a great a great, a well-executed game plan. I thought that they made some good adjustments after the first couple drives when it was looking like our defense was going to dominate. Uh, and uh, hats off to Sean Clifford, man. He went out there and went 28 for 32, uh, which is a great game uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Sure, so yeah. they did what they needed to do to win. Uh, we did not. Right. See, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about Penn State. You have any quick thoughts to kind of put a bow on it? Yeah, it was a learning opportunity for our coaching staff and the players. The coaches learned a lot about the guys that they had uh, starting for us. And hopefully they get to evaluate, determine who they can depend on. Hopefully it opens up some competition in certain position groups. And uh, I think I think they evaluate, they get better and make some adjustments moving forward. If we were going to lose a game, this was a good one to lose because there's no strike against us in the conference. So. Moving ahead, we'll be a better team going into Baton Rouge and actually starting this Saturday. There we go. There we go. All right, so looking ahead to this Saturday, Georgia State comes into town. First time Auburn has ever played Georgia State. Georgia State, a very young program, relatively. So um, we're going to see a a lot of firsts, possibly, on Saturday as far as that matchup goes. But a few guys that I think are worth highlighting going into this um, Sam Pickney sounds like he's one of their more impressive players. Harson mentioned him by name on uh, in his Monday presser, but I have him as a matchup. Sam Pickney, the wide receiver against Nehemiah Pritchett. Normally, I kind of match their top receiver with Roger McCreary, but much like we saw this past Saturday against Penn State, regardless of who Roger McCreary is on, I feel like he is going to get the better end of that matchup. Jahan Dotson did a lot against the Tigers Saturday, but it wasn't against McCreary. It was usually when he was uh, being covered by Nehemiah Pritchett. So, uh, Pickney, 6'4", 210. He's seen as possibly the best wide receiver in the Sun Belt from multiple sources uh, that I've seen say that. He's a Blitnikoff watch list type guy, so... I think, uh, you know, more reps for Nehemiah Pritchett, especially if they want to kind of continue to work on that zone, um, that zone defense that we kind of saw be pretty inconsistent Saturday night. Uh, Yeah, Pritchett didn't have a good game Saturday. Uh, He didn't have a good game. So uh, there's lots on tape for him to work on kind of going into this one. uh, If he's going to continue, you know, in that starting role. Uh, He had some trouble kind of getting his head turned around and getting his hips flipped and you know it was uh there were some teachable moments from that game uh where you know again on the pi call that he got if he gets his head around and he looks for the ball it's third and 12 from the penn state one right uh but he did not so we got they got the pi and and the and the end results of that play was they burned another 90 seconds off the clock before we got the ball back so uh he's he's got some work to do i think the the secondary in general, is a little embattled right now. Uh, McCreary had a decent game, but you know, if if, if Pritchett is going to match up against the, their best receiver, 
uh, I've got some worries. So I'll be looking to see. This is a good ch- chance for him to clean some things up, uh, clean his technique up. And, you know, it's, it only gets tougher from here, man, after this. I mean, he's going to go up against some really good wide receivers in SEC play. Uh, so he's got to get it. He's got to get it cleaned up. Sure. Sure. And you, you mentioned the, the defensive backfield being pretty inconsistent and struggling at times against Penn State. C-Dub, love your th- uh, would love your thoughts on this next matchup that I have. Georgia State runs a lot of two tight end sets. So I have just a Georgia State offense running two tight end sets versus Smoke Monday. And, I mean, we saw... We saw Smoke Monday and the rest of the interior defensive line uh, or the defensive backfield kind of battle um, with leaving tight ends wide open Saturday night. Your thoughts on this? Well, I I think that was a surprise much to the Auburn defense. They wasn't expecting the tight ends to be featured. You know, all all the rage was about Dotson and what he can do and he was as good as advertised don't get me wrong but a but a surprise and a wrinkle in Penn State's game plan was the use of tight ends yeah. and one of the things that Smoke Monday as good as he is one of the things that the knock against him is his ability to play in coverage and make the appropriate reads coverage wise he loves to play downfield and attack and it's an opportunity for a defense to kind of outflank him and take advantage of that by using a tight end. And I think for these guys as talented as they are, we have to remember they're learning a new system. They're they're playing a system that rely that that causes them to basically read more so than attack. And so instinctively, if you're someone like Smoke, you have to understand your assignments. You have to be kind of a quarterback back there. Make sure guys understand what they're supposed to be doing sure. prior to the snap and read accordingly and this will be a great opportunity for him to kind of look at the film as to what he did against Penn State because as you mentioned they do like to run two tight end sets and use that as practice moving forward for how to read the deep of the offense before the snap is ever made and then attack accordingly and that'll help him in coverage I think moving forward and, and again there's some good tape on him how he defended Penn State he has to learn it this week because other coordinators in the SEC are going to come right at him. So right. this is something that he needs to learn immediately and improve on. Yeah. Is that something they can do midseason, you think, Mike G? Or is that something that, you know, it's just it's entrenched in this scheme and, you know, their concept of the scheme? How quick can that be cleaned up? Uh, it can be cleaned up midseason. Uh, and defense tends to be that way. In you, general, say, you say it right? can or it cannot? It can. It can okay. be cleaned yeah. up midseason, right? So uh, what we saw last week primarily was about scheme. We kind of left our DBs on an island, uh, not being able to generate a pass rush. I think we blitzed only like nine or ten times during that game when all the advanced metrics said he clippered up, get in the backfield, cause havoc. Uh, right. So, you know, um, to give fans – a concept of what it's like as a defensive back trying to stay on a receiver, man, it's like three, four seconds at best. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, uh, cause the quarterbacks, the better quarterbacks have the, the ball out of their hands in, in under 2.5 seconds. So if you've got to defend a guy for four seconds, that's a lifetime in college football. And that's where these guys found themselves because of the pass rush. Right. Uh, issues that we had on Saturday. So, um, I think it can be cleaned up midseason. Um, if these coaches are being honest, when they looked at the tape, uh, they saw a lot uh, that was left to be desired in terms of scheme 
uh, that was left on the field. So, you know, again, you got one more tune-up game versus Georgia State to kind of figure it out. Now, we weren't having an issue. Uh, despite the pass rush issues, we still had 11 tackles for a loss on Saturday. Yeah. So they found their way to the backfield. It just did not uh, translate yeah. to pressure on the quarterback. Uh, we sat back in zone. You know, again, we played the zone scheme against Clifford, and he kind of carved us up. So uh, when you face better quarterbacks, they will they'll carve a zone up. Like it's Thanksgiving turkey. Sure, uh, you can't you can't do that. So so I, I expect because the problems are scheme related and not talent related primarily, it, it can be cleaned up. Scheme can always be cleaned up. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Hey, today's show brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag. It's the number one place for all of your pro and college sport action. This season, you get a 100% welcome bonus on that deposit. All you have to do is go to betonline.ag, and when you make that deposit, use promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Moving forward, there's one more matchup I want to kind of spend a second on, and then I want to get your thoughts on um, on a specific player, guys. But uh, Darren Granger is Georgia State's quarterback. And it's interesting, they just recently made a quarterback change. They had this guy that started all 10 games for them last year, started the season this year, and they just decided to make a change. It sounds like he just wasn't getting it done. Some of it his fault, some of it other uh, other parts of the offense. But they're bringing this Granger kid. He's a dual-threat guy. So you know, you've know you heard this before, Auburn facing, uh, facing another dual-threat quarterback. But... Um, I have uh, De- uh, Darren Granger versus Chandler Wooten, which I think is a fun matchup. We haven't been able to say his name during this segment this season. But uh, Granger ran it 16 times against Charlotte last week, so they're going to have him as a part of the game plan. But uh, I-, I love being able to put Chandler Wooten in this because he's a captain. We haven't really been able to say his name as much, but he's going to have to fill in. Zacoby McLean's going to miss the first half due to the, the controversial uh, targeting call uh, that happened against Penn State. And then Owen Papo, I'd be shocked if he played Saturday. Uh, somebody in the Locked On Auburn Discord was talking about how they saw him on campus um, with a boot. But, you know, it sounds like all reports are good. I'm sure that's just part of the healing process. But I'm excited to see Chandler Wooten lead this defense. Yeah, same here. And he was voted captain. An amazing story. He sat out last year. And it's set up for him to actually step in and be the leader that Coach Harson has raved about him actually being. And it's a great matchup because this Granger kid can, as a matter of fact, you mentioned the wide receiver matchup previously. I think the most damage this quarterback is going to make or can make this upcoming Saturday is with his legs more so than his arm. I'm more so worried about him uh, getting out of the pocket and doing some things running wise to actually stretch our defense. So I expect we continue to play a lot of zone. Uh, I expect that Mason would expect his linebackers to be reading the quarterback, staying in position, being fundamentally sound, staying in your position, and just seeing what he does. And so instead of playing man and with our backs to the quarterback, they're going to keep their eyes on him. And I I think that's a good opportunity for Wooten to show what he can do playing in space, 
and making plays against his quarterback. I like Wooten. Mm -hmm. I think this is an opportunity for him to, to really show that he's a guy that they can depend on, seeing as though they're temporarily shorthanded. Sure. Absolutely. Mike G, do you have any thoughts on that matchup, or you want to move on to something else? Yeah, listen, okay. Wooten is – how are they going to use him? So just like we said in the last kind of a bit, what's the, what, what position is this scheme Saturday going to put Wooten in? So far through the season, he's got 12 tackles. Uh, in terms of pass pressure, uh, since we're talking about him versus the quarterback, he's got zero hurries, zero hits, zero sacks on the season. Has it been used that way? Right. Yeah. So uh, I'm 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 wondering what is yeah, I think a lot of fans are like, what is the plan for these players? Yeah. I think I think Wooten has got a tremendous amount of talent. But we've got to put him in good positions to make plays. So that's primarily what I'm going to be watching. I think he's capable. Sure. But this again, this is your last chance to try to try to figure it out before SEC play, before you got to go to a place you haven't won in 20 years. Mm -hmm. So uh, he should be able to make plays on Saturday, I think, against this team. Uh, they've got to kind of get their mind right and, and get their swagger back a little bit this Saturday. So I expect Wooten to be a big part of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Mike G, I want to give you a second here. I want these next few minutes to be about the the phenom, Jarquez Hunter. And boy, I know this is your boy. Uh, I mean, what do you like so far? I said on the pod yesterday, right? It seems like every five or so, I love how excited you are if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, but Every five or six touches this guy gets, like something just crazy happens. He he has a historically long run, or he hurdles a dude in Saquon Barkley's house. I mean, uh, all kinds of things are happening whenever this guy gets the football. I mean, I, I, it sounds like he's living up to your expectations. Uh, yeah, again, uh, if you're watching me for the first time, or the Warpool, or Zach Blackerby, um, in the preseason, before he'd ever taken a step, I said this guy might finish as one of the best running backs in Auburn history. I specifically said top three. I thought you were crazy. Some people, yeah, some people said, given the backs that have come through Auburn, which ones do you think he's going to beat? I mean, we got Bo Jackson. Uh -huh. You know, we've got Cadillac. We've got Ronnie. You know, we've got Carryon Johnson. Trey Mason have probably had one of the most underrated you know, seasons in Auburn history and because of Tank's presence. Ben Tate. Right, Ben Tate. Yep. I mean, how was he going to get there, you know, with sharing snaps with Tank? And I think it's clear, you know, after three weeks of the season, we're going to have to lean on the run game unless significant changes in our pass game is made. Yeah. Now, we've shown incredible balance. I thought that we showed balance to a detriment on Saturday because – we were one for 10 on passes 20 yards or more against Penn State. I think you cut the, at least at the very least you cut that those throws in half. You take five of those touches and you give them all to Jarquez. Averaging seven yards a carry, you cannot tell me that wouldn't have changed the game. It would have changed the whole complexity of the game. We thought we threw a lot of deep balls that had no chance of being caught. And then we ended up, you know, uh, turning the ball over in terms of uh, downs or punting or, or giving it back to Penn State. So uh, if you can control the ground, you can control the clock. And you and when you go on the road in the SEC, running the ball can take the life out of the opposing team. We've got two running backs that can really get it done. No disrespect to Sean Shivers, but this number two job is Jarquez's. It has to be. He hurdled a guy. He hurdled a whole man. Like, 
And, he, and it looks so easy. It like oh, he didn't even slow down. Zach, Zach, he 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 got loose on the sideline. He saw a defender coming, and he said, mm, "I could go left. I could go right. I could maybe pin on a spin. Yeah, you know what? I'll just go over. I'll just jump right? over him. Yeah, yeah." And then he ran for another 15 yards after that. This kid has got otherworldly talent. Uh, we will be doing ourselves a disservice as an offense to not get him more touches. I think he's earned it. He's taking care of the football when they've handed it to him. He has not fumbled. He's got some work to do in pass protection. This is something that will keep him off the field. Uh, he graded out poorly in terms of pass pro. Uh, but he's got to learn how to – Pick up the uh, pick up the blocks and, and and recognize the blitz and I think uh, the sky's the limit for him. We could have two thousand yard rushers this year. Could yeah, we true. could we, we could we have could. two thousand yard rushers this this year. Uh, Auburn, little fact about Auburn, we are number one in the nation in yards per carry right now, seven point eight yards per carry. Jarquez himself so far is averaging averaging twelve yards a carry. Do you know what his average is without the the 94 yarder. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I can't do that math that quickly. Uh, sure. I would love to know what it is. I'm because I'm, yeah. I'm, st- I'm still impressive. Yeah. I mean, listen yeah. against Penn state again, he was averaging seven yards rush, mm-hmm. you know, against the top 10 team. Right. So I, w- I would guess if I had to do, you know, best guess, I would say without that 94 yarder, he's still averaging better than five or six yards a carry, which is phenomenal. I would, yeah, I would guess freshman. that too. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, it, uh, it, the identity, what kind I think the biggest question we had as fans coming into this season was what kind of offensive identity is Auburn going to have post Gus Malzahn? Right? Um, we've seen Bogo under center. Uh, they're, they're, they're challenging receivers uh, and DBs and defenses deep. We're not hitting those passes at a high clip now. And, so, and now it's just time to lean into your run game, man. Do what you do. Our, our offensive line, this is their strength. This is what they're good at, man. Run blocking is where that where they're good. Yeah, and we got to lean into that. Running Jarquez Hunter Moore is, is a must in my book. And, and and prior to previous years, Zach, I'll end with this: we have a chance to be dynamic and not run our best player on offense into the ground. Great, which is Tank. Right. That's going to be so important. Tank can still get his touches and affect the game and stay healthy. Yeah. So I don't. I, I see no downside to Jarquez. You know, uh, to Tank and Jarquez being one A, one B. See that I know on the War Report, you guys talk a lot about the running back situation. What are your thoughts with Hunter, and what the uh, kind of what the balance should be regarding workload moving forward? I think he should definitely get more carries. He's earned it. <laughs> He's earned it. He's done everything the coaching staff has asked him to do, and then some. Uh, it could have been drawn up better for him coming in as a freshman. And to Mike G's point, I mean, he is a true freshman. So rarely do you see a kid come in and learn pass pro from the jump. They're usually an amazing athlete, an amazing runner with the ball in their hands. But it takes time for them to pick up on on pass pro. And I think that will come with time. That will come with more reps. I think he will improve and definitely be a guy who the coaches could have on the field at any given time. But I definitely think he should shoulder the load. And to Mike G's point, the beauty of it is that for us to be dependent upon the run game this year, Tank doesn't have to get at least 20 carries a game now. He can share that workload with other guys who is just as powerful, just as tough, who can run between the tackles, who can do all the things that Tank can pretty much do, which is saying a lot considering his tank. Sure. And so I, 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 you know, we talk about identity and one of the things that 
I've heard uh, Bobo, I've even heard Harson talk about is balance. And Mike mentioned it to, to our detriment, we were very balanced. And I think at some point you have to prioritize your identity over balance, right? If it's working, if we're able to run the ball, run the ball, yeah, right? And the, the, the beauty of being balanced, though, Zach, sometimes it's not always 50-50. It's the ability to make the defenders get in their head because they're not sure what's coming, the run or pass. I like that. And yeah. I felt like we missed a prime opportunity when we were running the ball to really introduce play action and give Bo the easier throws as opposed to 10, 10 throws down the field 20 yards or more. I, I felt like slipping a tight end out into the flat or or slipping, doing things with with creatively with screens, giving both the easy throws, taking advantage of Penn State, who was just playing downhill. They were just reading run and being aggressive. Right. We didn't take advantage of that. And I think a balanced offense does it, but it starts with solidifying the run game. And when they think we're running, then we hit them with play action and make them pay. To yep. me, that's a balanced offense and is rooted in the identity, which is a downhill power attack. Zach, I just want to add. Sure. Take away, take away the ninety-four yard. I did some math while while you guys were doing. I wonder what you're doing take, over there. Yeah, take away the <laughs> ninety-four yarder. He's averaging nine yards per carry. Yeah, that's still great. Wow. Yeah, I wow. mean, listen, it, it's it's real. It's, it's so those numbers aren't really. It's not crazy. Uh, to C's point about the play action. Um, the, I, I disagree just a little bit because right now, Saturday night, uh, whoever is number 17 on uh, Penn State's defense was beating Troxel like he stole something last uh, Saturday night. And uh, he was in the backfield affecting plays every other play. So uh, while our offensive line had a pretty good game, Austin Troxel did not. Sure. I mean, he yeah, he was getting whooped. So they're going to have to solve that problem. You know, again, if you're going to do play action, Bo had the, the, the ball out of his hands pretty quickly when we kept clean, about two seconds flat. He was throwing the ball, and, and still that was necessary because defenders were beating Troxel. I still expected, you know, this coaching staff to see stuff like that and then, like, call something where you roll the pocket and move Bo to the outside. And, like, we didn't really see any of that. So yeah. it's just a little stuff like that where I was like, where – where was that? But real quick, I, I asked um, I asked somebody else this on the show earlier this week. Uh, I guess it was Charlie Five yesterday, but I uh, would love a quick response from both of y'all. You get 40 carries. You get 40 carries divided amongst the three running backs, assuming Sean Shivers is back. How would you divide those 40 carries up? 2015 and 5 has been the most popular response. I had a few listeners text me and DM me um, since that show went up. But uh, yeah, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Hmm. I got y'all thinking. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah, I'm waiting yeah. on you here. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm waiting gonna, on you. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I could go. I'm, I think I think 15 for Jarquez is a reasonable number. Okay. Uh, I, I think it's a necessary number as well, too. Um, uh, in terms of Shivers, um. I think that he's um, now his role has to be more of a utility player. So you're probably throwing the ball to him. You know, with these two running backs that we have, and this is again, no disrespect to Sean Shivers, I don't see realistically, unless somebody's hurt, why he garners many carries at all. 
Okay. Right. So if your five or if your five carries are in garbage time, right? Like let's assume in this exercise it's relevant offense, relevant snaps. No carries. What? Wow. So yeah, you're going no twenty carries. and twenty? Wow. Yeah, I think you split or 25 them up. Or twenty five and fifteen? Yeah, I think you split them up and you keep, Mikey, keep the ball stop, in your home. Man, what? I'm yeah. a, I, I'm a, I'm a give them I'm gonna give them five I'm gonna give them five I think that's the popular I'm gonna I'm gonna do twenty fifteen and five. How, well, let me ask you this: in in against a serious opponent, how many carries does your third string running back usually get? But Auburn's third string running back is better than other people's third string running back. I mean, he's a I get, I get that. That's true. And he's got world class speed. And I think he's proven to be reliable in the backfield despite people yeah. counting him yeah. out time and time I'm, again. I, I'm not down on Cypress. I'm not. Uh, I'm just what? Like, you just said zero. Yeah, I'm just I, I don't see I don't see a realistic scenario where again, I'm thinking about it this way. I'm just thinking, hey, if we're talking about him falling behind Jarquez on the depth chart, you know, uh my third string running back is coming in in utility positions. Uh, where we throw the ball to him when we throw to throw the defense off. Uh, Shivers is actually an, an excellent in pass protection, right? So there is a reason for him to garner snaps. Sure. Uh, but I, I don't, I mean, five, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, if you want to be, yeah, I guess we could give him five carries. I just, I don't, I just you don't, don't seem see... too excited about it, Mike G. But yeah, I, I mean, give him five carries. Yeah, he's he's we'll give him five carries. Gosh. Back at that point, right? Like, I just, I don't, I don't. I mean, it, how how often do these? Th- I mean, the last time we had three really killer running backs, one transferred, right? Ronnie ba- Ronnie Brown, Cadillac, and Brandon Jacobs all played in the same backfield at one point, right? Right. Brandon saw the writing on the wall and he transferred because he he wanted to play. It worked out for him, yeah. but I mean, that's, that's why I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying to say I'm not down on Shivers. I just think that's a really crowded backfield right now. And if we're in competitive games, um, how do you, I mean, how do you, the, from a coaching standpoint, how do you work Shivers in, where do his five snaps come? I, I think they could come th- in th- second th- and long. Change of, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a, a change of, he's a change of pace back and right, that, right. that warrants you five snaps off bat. Right okay. there. Well, we're not yeah, talking so snaps, I, I, though. We're, we're talking carries. Do you still feel the same about carries in that situation? Yeah, it's carries. Okay. Uh, when I say right. snaps, I mean five carries. Got five it. carries for sure. I mean, that's what a change of pace back would normally do in a game like that. I think, five he, I think they should throw the ball to Shivers, definitely. Yeah. See, you know, get, I, I'd rather get, throw it to Hunter than Shivers. Uh, listen, it's so hard. There are so many reasons to love Jarquez Hunter touching the ball <laughs> as many times as possible. Sure. But for, for the sake of this discussion... Uh-huh. I'm just saying, you know, there's there's no game plan that exists where you're focusing on getting subscribers the ball at this moment. I, I should have asked that question earlier in the show. Hey, today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. They've got a, a limited time flavor this week. I just got some in the mail. Very excited to try them out. Cookie dough chunk. So be sure to check that out at Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built. Dot com. Also, today's show brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love Prize Picks. I know you will too. And uh, I highly recommend you head over. Don't hesitate. Go to prizepicks.com. You can download their free app. Check it all out. If you know college football, Prize Picks is where you need to be. Also, where you need to be is on the War Reports YouTube page. Gentlemen, what are folks missing out on if they are not subscribed to you guys? Oh, man. Listen, last night we did our watch the film, our WTF Penn State. Uh, so we we went over. We co- we watched every play of that game. Did it hurt? Uh, without, 
Yeah, it did hurt. It, yes, it yeah. did hurt. It's still kind of the wound's still kind of fresh. But we gotta talk about the good as well as the bad. Right. That's what our watch the film is for because we can talk in, you know, uh, and just kind of assume. But there's it's something different when we sit down and all watch the same thing together. Right. So I'm really proud that we'll be able to bring that to our insiders. So check that out uh, over on YouTube. You know, we're, we're dropping content essentially six, seven days a week right now. So we've got a game day experience. Uh, Zach, you've joined us for that. Sure. And then we have a, a post game experience that is the immediate in the aftermath. Let's come together as a community and talk about what we just saw. Then we're back at you Sunday with our weekend tailgate. The world just keeps spinning over at the War Report. You can check us out on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Twitter, wherever you're at, that's what the war report is. Awesome. C-Dub, would love your thoughts now. What do you expect from this team moving forward? Do you think things will change based on what we saw from game plan on offense and defense? Do you think it's just going to come together a little bit more? Do you think there's still going to be struggles in certain areas like we saw Saturday night? Uh, just would love your thoughts. What does this team need to do over the next few weeks to kind of solidify where they need to be this season? Uh, they have to figure out how to generate some pressure uh, without relying on the front four. Uh, I think that's something that we will probably see more of in the coming weeks. Derek Mason, not just allowing guys to just sit back, but there will be some more attacking. I think we, I think the zone defense is, is here. It's we're going to be playing zone. I think that's what Mason wants to hang his hat on. So that's going to be an adjustment that our, our guys in the secondary as well as linebackers are just going to have to get acclimated to and get comfortable with. And there's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be some coverage busts. We're going to have to just go ahead and suck it up and accept it. But I just don't see us going back to the old Kevin Steele days where everyone had a guy and he was on his hip, right? So I think that's those are kind of the, the things I expect defensively. Offensively, I think we do rely more on the run game moving forward, and hopefully we can we can build uh, a, a a competent passing game where Bo is not re- being asked to make these long plays down the field. Given what we saw in Penn State, hopefully we can do some play action, some things to to get guys open. He can take advantage of those shots, but I'm I'm, I'm looking to them seeing basically putting together a game plan that takes advantage of Bo Nix's strengths as opposed to exposing his weaknesses. Sure. Bo struggled throwing the deep ball against Penn State, and I think there there are better throws for him to make, and I hope that the coaching staff goes back, watches the film, and puts together a game plan that allows him to thrive making better, easier passes for him. Mike G., what do you think this team needs to do moving forward? Well, we do changes are on the way after Saturday. Certainly, um, the coaches have to take a lot of responsibility for what we saw Saturday night. Mm-hmm. You know, the talent was there. Uh, the game plan, I I don't think wasn't. I don't think it was good. I think they didn't uh, do a good job of adjustments. The defense, I mean, the bright spot of this team was run defense. Now we currently have the best run defense in the country. Uh, arguably Wisconsin is ahead of us statistically, but they've only played two games and we played three. So uh, they're allowing nothing on the ground. Uh, Teams are going to find a hard time running on this defense, man. They're swarming to the ball, which is good. Uh, If we can find a way to generate a pass rush, you know, it'll help our DBs out quite a bit. I don't think zone is it playing zone is, is not it. Uh, But, but we'll see what kind of, uh, of defensive changes they make now offensively. I think it's clear what we are in terms of run defense and run offense. 
solid, right? Um, in terms of the pass game, uh, I, I was on the uh, Monday presser with with Coach, and I just asked him about the vertical passing game, one to twenty beyond twenty yards. Uh, you know, when you look at the difference between how Penn State managed Clifford and uh, we managed Bo, they didn't let him throw the ball down the field that much. They kept a vast majority of his throws behind the line of scrimmage, believe it or not, or a uh, five yards or less was almost all of his throws. Uh, so throws. Yeah, I mean, they just makeable throws. Now, I think we had to manage Bo the same way. I'm not sure we've had half the best wide receivers on the field either. Yeah. Uh, Shedrick Jackson, God bless his heart, had a rough game Saturday. I expect to see changes there. Uh, we threw the ball at him like he was a number one wideout. And he tripped over his own feet, and he he didn't win jump ball scenarios, and I just didn't get it. Now, some of those throws weren't great, but you know there were some throws that were on target that Bo made that, again, would have changed the complexion of the drive that ended in a punt. He's got to be out there to make those plays. I think that Kobe uh, Hudson proved that he's a playmaker. Natural wide receiver. Yeah, he just – I mean, despite the fumble, which I don't put on Kobe, I put on the – Coaches, that play call was just ridiculous, right? Coming out of the half. I didn't the mind ball. the play call, but it's an unfortunate thing that happened for sure. Yeah, you know, and then he's he's learned his lesson. I like what he said on, on social media after, like, he took responsibility for it, which was really good. He but, didn't need um, to do that either, but he did it. So He did it. You know, so looking at, at the wide receiver rotations, you know, Harson said that, that you're always reassessing. He gave us a coach speak answer on the wide receivers, but I, I expect to see some different wide receiver rotations out there. Definitely. And and then ultimately uh, based on what we saw, because there was, there were Zach, I'll end by just saying, sure. There were, there were three phases to my emotional state about Bo. My initial reaction was Bo didn't have that bad of a game. Just felt like, Hey, you know, it, it wasn't perfect. His deep ball was bad, but you know, he played well enough. For us to, to win kind of right and then the next day i started looking at some of the statistics i was like eh, it was a little worse than i thought and then we watched the film and it's clear that uh his decision making is still not where it needs to be in terms of reading which throw to make so there were throws that he made he took the hardest throw on a few plays that if he takes the easiest throw it's a it's a touchdown or a huge play mm. Right. There were two to Kobe Hudson that stood out that should have gone to Hudson that stood out right. where he took he took the hard throw to Robertson. Robertson got flipped. Right. And Hudson was out there killing his man all night. Bo didn't see him. Right. So, again, against top tier competition, you cannot miss. You can't miss that. He seemed locked in on certain receivers. Uh, Harson tried to sell to us that there were five options off that fourth and two play. Five, but when you watch the film, it was clear Bo was locked in on only one. Right there were there and and there was a play to be made. Uh, but Bo said a similar thing too when he was asked about that. He said that there were options on both sides of the field, but he he wanted to go with um, he wanted to go with the slant. Or yeah, the, it the was fade, absolutely. Fade, excuse me. It was absolutely the lowest percentage play they could have made. That is such a low percentage throw in that situation from the two, especially when you have backs who are averaging well over five yards a carry. I, I would have handed that thing to Tank and Jarquez and just trusted them to beat a man for two yards. 
and get in the end zone. Tank was averaging two yards after contact in that game. That's yeah. all you needed. That's all you needed, right? You know, uh, Jarquez, same thing. I would have trusted him to, to win the matchup. Just give, give you, the you ball. You would trust Jarquez? Yeah, you? absolutely. I don't know. You like Jarquez, Hunter. You think he's good? You think he's good, Mike G? Hey, guys, thank you so much for your time. I, I love War Report Wednesday, and folks uh, folks listening to Locked On Auburn consistently, they I get texts and comments all the time that they love War Report Wednesday. Where can people go if they uh, if they don't know where to find all of y'all's content? Caesar, did you? Well, you can find us on YouTube. We are the War Report uh, on Instagram, uh, TikTok, wherever you do your social media, you can find the War Report. We're, uh, we're, we're putting out a lot of content, so go check us out on YouTube. Become an insider and get access to some of the special stuff we're doing over there. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much, and we will uh, we'll see you all next week. But tomorrow, I'll be joined by Ben Moore. He covers Georgia State for Auburn, uh, or for, excuse me, for, um, for 247 Sports. So... They'll have a lot of information about this team that Auburn's playing on Saturday. Until then, we'll see you right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.